Welcome to the second lecture in the series on relationships. In the first lecture, to summarize, we looked at relationships being in three directions, inwards, outwards and upwards. We also talked about the second important understanding of relationships, that relationships can be either built on love or fear. Love connects and fear disconnects. Love is subdivided into two important growth connectors. One is that of trust and the other of vulnerability. In this lecture we open up the third idea that no relationship ever is absolutely equal. Yes we might strive for that and at times it might appear but it's very fleeting. For example the relationship between a parent and a child, the parent tends to be that much stronger, especially when the child is born as a toddler, preteen, or even a teenager. The power differential between the teacher and the pupil, the teacher is the one that controls the classroom and the scoring and marks and passing of exam up to the next grade. You get hundreds of other relationships. The traffic policeman, who might have been a patient the previous day, now holds the power differential at a roadblock. And if the doctor now appears at that roadblock, he or she, that is the doctor, is in a less powerful position. We can see these power differentials in the animal world. For example, Jordan Peterson, in his theories of order and chaos, brings the relationships, the power relationships in lobsters, between the stronger and the weaker. That's just one example of a power differential. Now how that power differential is understood will either develop into a positive attribute where one is sensitive and does not abuse, that is at the heart of humility, somebody who creates space for the weaker, or what often happens is that that power is abused. For example, by bullies, which you find not only at schools, but in families, in marriages, and certainly at work. How we manage every power differential throughout the day will determine, to a large extent, our resilience. Every day, in many different relationships, you can switch from where you are in the stronger position to where you are in the weaker. How you manage that power differential will be a certain factor in how successful, how satisfied, how thriving, how flourishing your life is. The third lecture in the section Relationships deals with the neurobiology of relationships. 
The first lecture, to summarize quickly, was that the opposite of love is fear. And in all our relationships that are either inwards, outwards or upwards, connect, whether it's through love or through fear, through trust and vulnerability. The second lecture was about the asymmetry of all relationships, that no relationships ever equal. If the stronger in the more powerful position is sensitive, then the relationship can grow and connect. However, if that relationship is based on bullying, in other words, the stronger is controlling the weaker, then that leads to fear. This lecture goes off in a different direction, just to prove in a way that our relationships have remarkable effects on our brains and our bodies. Danny Siegel from the United States has spent his life looking at the neuroscience of relationships. Just some quick pointers that one that is estimated that 30% of our brain is involved in social interaction. That is why rejection from a group can be so painful or the loss of a significant other. They take up a lot of cortical real estate, deep meaningful relationships. Number two is that there is a hormone called oxytocin and when one connects deeply and intimately with the other, then that oxytocin is released. It's called the cuddly hormone and makes us feel much more compatible, connected and happier. So in the neurobiology of relationships is, in, is developing into its own science. And we can use that neuroscience and realize and channel our attention and mindfulness in building up relationships, in being honest and open and caring and putting money, as it were, points into the emotional bank account. One of the great lessons I learned throughout my life and early in life is that if you don't put in, if you don't give, when the time arrives to take out and there's nothing in the bank, there's nothing to withdraw. This is a sad reality of life. I see so many people who just care about themselves, but when it comes to a crisis and we all will have chaos in our lives, we need to withdraw money, as it were. We need the support of others. But if we've never given support, don't expect support back. The final lecture in relationships is how to reframe your mindset with respect to relationships. We run through the five major questions. One is, what outcomes do you want from your relationships? If you look at a previous lecture, one of the graphics, the images, says that there's actually different circles around you. There's a relationship with yourself, then the next layer is the covenantal relationships, who are those are the nearest and dearest to you, the extended family, the massive potential of the village effect, 
and then more recently cyberspace relationships such as friends on Facebook. The question you can ask is who would come to your funeral? Certainly those in your covenantal, many from your extended family and then what will be of interest especially to the family is who comes from the village? Will the waiters at your restaurant, your next door neighbours, the doctor, your dentist, the petrol attendant, the friends you made along the way, will they attend your funeral? Some will, some won't. Some might not attend the funeral, but send a letter of condolence or visit the one that has lost their closest, their covenantal relationship. What outcomes do you want? from your relationships. Understanding that relationships are asymmetrical, that is based on trust and vulnerability, and there is an enormous biochemical reaction that goes on that builds resilience at the neuronal level, oxytocin being the critical factor. The second question, what are the consequences of the outcome? Because this is where the car, the tyre hits the tarmac because when you do an audit of the outcomes that you want from your relationships you might have to, in fact you have to get rid of the toxic ones because they will infiltrate into all other relationships especially your relationship with yourself, your self-esteem. Saying no, building boundaries Barriers between you and others might have consequences that the other person doesn't like it and might react in a way that you don't like. Third question is what if? What if you have your ideal relationships with yourself, those that are closest, extended family members, extended family, doesn't always have to be biological, can be some of your best friends, and how do you grow your village, your village effect. And then what systems are you in? What kind of relationships are you actually in right now? Intimate relationships with children, with parents, with siblings, with friends, with the village. Where are the hot spots? Where are the cold spots? Where can you clean up and build as well? And finally, what can you do today? Today, to build relationships with yourself. Can you just sit in solitude for a few moments and just accept yourself for what you are right now, warts and all? Can you pay attention, listen before you speak, understand before being understood? These five mindsets, shifts and reframing of relationships could be what really differentiates you from reading, living a good life.